Roman. Jeff, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to see you on the other side of a day. Yeah, you too. This is, you're at a different angle than this morning. got we've got oh roman oh roman listen (laughs) we could keep going on and on about the trials and tribulations in the world around us right now but instead we could also talk about batman return of bruce wayne number five for batman in quarantine episode 49 what do you think about that let's talk about that because there's all sorts of things in in this issue to talk about there is so much and i just need to ask forgive there is like we could spend the whole issue i think pointing out what statements and items and objects and conversations are references to historic issues mm. and i'm down to do that but also we, we, it would be a real long episode we've got a lot of ground to cover here many miles to go before we sleep if you will a little robert frost for you if you like uh, yeah Robert Robert Bat Frost. Oh, I, I, I that was. A, I can't make a good bat joke out of that. <laughs> Listen, we tried to record this in the morning, and the internet melted down again, and we just had to not do it. So we're coming back on the other side of the day. You could say both of us have put in many hours of work today. Roman at a paid job, and me at a not paid job. And you know, it's very good to be able to see each other again because I like to have my day start with a little bit of Roman. But I like it to end with a little bit of Roman, too. A little Romanade, you know? little bit of Roman on my toast. Are you trying to do a Mambo number five reference? Is that what that that's is? That's it. That's it, yeah. Oh, holy shit. Listen, for all the audio <laughs> people out there who don't know, Roman is a couple years older than me. So the fact that he just spit out a Mambo number five reference is mind-boggling. Actually, listen. Grant Morrison, Ryan Souk, Return of Bruce Wayne, number five. A lot of answers. A lot you know, as with the previous issue, oh, Roman's putting on his glove. Uh, as with the previous issue of ROBW, man, we have to text as a group, Justin, Django, Roman, and I all the time. And the number of like BIQs, ROBWs, and B and R acronyms we're always typing is ridiculous. But this issue of Return of Bruce Wayne, much like the last one, almost I feel like requires a page by page discussion about it because there's so much truly on every single page. But the uh, long and short of it is that Bruce wakes up, uh, you know, Gotham circa just after his parents' murder. Twist, he's the detective that was mentioned in RIP that the Kane family had hired to try and track down the killer or prove that Thomas Wayne was, in fact, the killer of their precious daughter, Martha Wayne. He is working on that. And then in classic noir fashion, he's hanging out with Marcia, Martha's best friend, We'll just say that she is a classic noir dame here, but we find ourselves tied up with uh, Dr. Hurt, Thomas Wayne, Satanists, Bat Devils, you know, all the classics. And then at the end, uh, an image that makes almost no sense given the context so far. Roman, this was like a good issue. It was, and it was so... It was so mysterious in the presentation. I mean, the actual mystery in the issue was 
a lot of times I was like, come on, Bruce, you're the world's greatest detective. How come you're, have you ever, have you ever seen a noir movie? This chick's totally leading you on. Um, <laughs> but it was For so weird. sure. There was all these like things. I was like, is this an example of like how time is twisted? Because there's a whole lot in here that doesn't really fit in to various timelines. Yeah. So... I can't remember if it was Doc Walk that said um, that like this issue has been criticized for its inability to fit sort of time for a lot maligned for its time continuity stuff um, because like a noir genre wouldn't have existed in the sliding time scale of Bruce's parents dying in like the 70s. This would have to be like the 70s, even though it's spoken and presented like the 30s and 40s. That I can forgive. Other stuff, I'm curious to see what you what you've got. Uh, cooking on the craw but like i mean do we get answers do we i feel like we get um i think i think we got some answers in there and just just to get out there right now yeah and i excuse me and i'm fine with all the seemingly like contrary time things that don't match up because i'm because i feel like morrison's too careful of a writer to have made like that many mistakes in an issue i agree so i want to believe that he had those in there sometimes to make homages to different things, but also just to kind of point out, you know, this is how time is kind of fractured and this is the most fractured we've seen it so far in this series. And it just kind of is an indicator that how Bruce is piecing things together, but things are still all in pieces and he's trying to fit the puzzle together and it doesn't quite fit in this issue, but there's a reason behind all that and we'll see it next issue. I like that. And and, it, you know, like Doc Walk says, you know, Dr. Cody Walker says in here, you know, it's criticized for not fitting time-wise. And I'm just like, man, it's comics. Like, we work under the, like, the impression that, like, you know, Magneto is from a Jewish internment camp in World War II. Well, that's a long time ago. Or, like, the Punisher was in Vietnam. But also, we're at a point where that's not going to be able to work anymore either. Like, comics, yeah. time frames, yeah. sliding time scales. We adjust yeah. to fit things. And people come up with reason. I mean, they came up with a reason for that, for Magneto, for instance, because at one point in the 70s, he was uh, reversed age to a baby, and then he was kind of <laughs> grew, and then he kind of grew up and, and was like forward aged, but not to as old as he was before he was reversed aged. <laughs> I do remember that that has happened, and that is, I love, I fucking well, yeah, love comics. There, there'll be reasons. <laughs> so I think to get it out of the way, right at the, at the start of things although we're minutes in now um ryan sook's art is absolutely fine i have no criticisms about it at all it is good art in a comic book and it conveys a lot of information and i think it's good for that it is not the like stylized it is not fraser irving and it is not yannick paquette or any of these like kind of really art house art auteur art styles this is just like some consummate dc art and i like it very much um but you're not going to hear me gushing about any crazy art in this one probably roman how did you feel about the art it's it's yeah it's perfectly acceptable plug plug um (laughs) but but yeah i mean it would have been cool maybe to have somebody that was a little more noirish style yep but this is fine i never you know reading it i was never like god i wish so-and-so was doing this right no it is totally fine um and it's just that like i think that their substance is uh is is great the styles maybe a little bit lacking um 
So this one starts with Bruce waking up, or sorry, it actually starts with Red Robin talking to the James Robinson era Justice League, as Roman had pointed out previously. Yeah. And he's, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And the very oh. first thing he says, too, is funny because it, that was the first thing, though. I was like, what's going on here? Because his Red Robin's first words, because Red Robin's Tim Drake, his first words are, I was Batman's partner longer than anyone else. And it's like, what? What about Dick? Well, so let's talk about it. <laughs> At this I point, don't think so. <laughs> I mean, Dick was like, how old do you think when he started? I don't know, because originally, there's been arguments about that for decades, because originally I think it, he was supposed to be 10, but mm-hmm. I think later on they moved it up to like 13, because everybody was like a 10-year-old? That's nuts, training a 10-year-old to be yeah. a lawyer. <laughs> Although that's Damien. That's Damien, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder... I, that one actually, I stopped and I was like, okay, wait, does that math work out? So how old was Tim? How old is he now? How old was Dick? How old is he now? And I, I was like, they could be pretty similar. Uh, whatever you, you know, like whatever. Yeah. But I also like the idea of maybe even thinking about it or under the guise of like a fractured timeline or something that that's cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the one who like, he's a great detective and he has been with Bruce through all of this RIP black glove stuff. So I like that he is sort of tuned into a larger truth about what's going on with Bruce than anybody else. He was the one who was certain that he was not dead even before Dick Grayson was. So I like that he's the one kind of explaining this to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And actually when I was saying that <clears throat> this might be my favorite page the uh, page 582 in the omnibus, but the second page of the story, it's a full page splash of uh, Bruce in a hospital bed. And it's got the classic, you know, shadows of the blinds on the wall above yeah. him and, and the, the checkerboard tile floor. And our perspective is right behind this femme fatale, but you know, only from the waist down. So we see her legs and, 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 woo-hoo! and her booty. <laughs> and, and, and I, I should mention, I don't, I think the art is great. It's not, there's not a flashy, unique style to it. In a run where we've had Frank Quitely and Fraser Irving and, you know, like these different art, you know, J.H. Williams III, it's not crazy like that. But I think it's, there's, there was never a moment where I was like, well, that's some confused, I feel like the art missed something. You know, like I, I never felt like that, you know, so. Right, right. Yeah. And there are these great pages, like the one that you just said is, is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, there's some shots of Bruce's face as he's here, ta- this woman talking to him in, in the hospital, and he's in the hospital bed. When she says the name Wayne and the, and the look on his face, his eyes are very intense and half-shadowed, and it's very cool. Yeah, and I, I'm under the impression here that he is not quite, all of his memories are not back yet, in my mind. No, 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 he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is or how he got here. He thinks maybe there was a gunshot and you know, that's right. why he's in the hospital. So Marsha shows up and she says to him that uh, she wants to have him help. Well, she's trying to solve the mystery of her best friend was murdered, uh, Martha Wayne. So I want you to help me expose the killer, right? So she's not hiring him yeah. to be a detective. She's hiring him to pretend to be a detective ultimately. Yeah. Uh, because she wants to get to the bottom of this murder but she thinks that she already has the clues so she's like all i need for you is to wear this and we see her presenting the outfit that 
Bruce's dad wore that Dr. Hurt has stolen that he's been wearing around, which is the bat costume that, yeah, Thomas Wayne wore in that famous uh, World's Finest issue. Maybe I forget. I've read so many annotations of this issue at this yeah. point. that It's, it's I, one of many issues that's referenced in here. But Yeah, I know that. I think the first place I saw it was in the, uh, the 80s miniseries Untold Tales of the Batman. Oh. But I think John Byrne was the artist or inker of but yeah that's untold. where i first saw it okay i dig it um or untold so legend of the batman maybe <laughs> Ooh, un the untold legend uh yeah it was either tales or legend <laughs> so i i do like as bruce like we get a couple pages of him just sort of piecing things together he's like okay he's got this book it's been shot there's a literal hole in things in this book now <laughs> i love that yeah the nurse you know gets him his clothes back he's he doesn't know his id she said i can give you you know some of these this pinstripe suit or you can just wear the cowboy outfit you were wearing and, and he says that looks kind of like a costume and it, what i like is that all of the dialogue in this is snappy noir detective you know dialogue it doesn't even feel like bruce sometimes it feels like roman referencing whatever detective there is roman make a it, it feels more like bruce being i look like a gangster you see humphrey bogart or something i don't know no that was ever g robinson but yeah of course mm. not i can't okay. i don't do a good bogart who does um, on this podcast i i know it'd be tough but yeah i, I like like the nurse when she's giving the choice but she found a suit a pinstripe you know suit and that's the one he says will look like i'll look like a gangster and since they don't know who he is you know her reply was your choice muscles right yeah <laughs> statements like that time and again um i don't know if at this point we know that marsha lamar was in the film the black glove but we've had bruce talk about the film the black glove in r.i.p so we learned that several pages from now or if somebody had remembered that name, if he said it earlier, but um, that is, that's an important part. Right. And I didn't remember that at all. Oh man, I just saw it. I just saw another panel with some great dialogue. Yeah. Where, where Bruce says, and looking like a chump never went out of style. Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that great smile on his face. So check it as he's leaving that hospital. Now he leaves an elevator. And if you look at that elevator, it's got like a black sun in front of a yellow sun in the doors, uh -huh. like an eclipse. Like the thing that's oh. transporting him through yep. time. Yep. It's just yep. a Perfect. cool. Yeah, that's a very cool one. It fits the art deco style of the, the 20s and 30s. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, he, we just get a sort of inner monologue of him reading this journal that he's got that has, you know, Mordecai's writings in it, but he realizes that the handwriting is his own. So he's got these inherent detective abilities. And I do like that, even though he's totally unable to, you know, see through Marsha's. Uh, playing him yeah yeah i like that too and i like her and and i love the fact you know marshall lamar so she's named after hetty lamar but her car is is very much like a sleek batmobile type of car except it's except it's all red yeah it kind of harkens back to that older batmobile yeah like back in the day when it was just a cool car yeah and her her car definitely stands out from all the other cars we see in the issue yep and it's red like you said. So we get this relatively important discussion between Marsha and Bruce, who she's picked up at this point, and he's going to be helping her. And the, I do love the thing where he's like sitting in a car with her and she's smoking. He says, lady, I have a bruised lung and the x-rays to prove it. 
this is what it must be like to breathe air in Jupiter. And she says, cigarettes are packed full of vitamins and give children pep. You know, it's just like, I love that, you know, 20s, 40s noir talk. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way that, you know, because it's that era, when Bruce says at one point, I don't much like jokers with guns. And it's like, ah, jokers with guns. But also joker was a common phrase used then. For yeah, but definitely tying the consistencies of, you know, the Batman mythos to this. Yeah. But we get this, you know, an important scene is that as he, you know, she's saying, I need your help in a certain capacity. He says, what capacity is that? And they're in a car and she's like, well, I need you to grab this bouquet out of the back and just throw away who the, the card for who it's from. And she says, well, who's it from? It says Johnny, who is John Mayhew, Mayhew mm-hmm. one of the re- richest men in America. And we know John Mayhew as the person who started the Club of Heroes. Yeah. And he was the film director who did the Black Glove. And he also famously had several wives and he was trying to get, they, they were trying to investigate a murder by his fifth wife, who is Marsha Lamar. Um, mm, so we okay. know that she ends up with him and he murders her or is investigated for murdering her. But we don't know why she wants him to throw this card away for this bouquet. And they end up at the Kane house, which is Martha's parents. And we get a pretty interesting scene here at the Kane house between Marsha, Bruce, and martha's martha wayne's mother bruce's grandmother what do you think of that scene there's so there's like a lot to got be gotten out of on that yeah because because roderick kane uh bruce's grandfather maternal grandfather he's in an iron lung and there's all these wasps buzzing around and like landing on his face and what were the wasps about what was your read on that (laughs) i don't know and i forget because i read it this morning and i was like you know days ago i forget what uh Dr. Walker said about it, because I know he said something think, about it. But I don't think he offered a strong suggestion for what it was, though. And I read all over, oh. and I read people having kind of suggestions, but no two were the same. And everyone was sort of like, well, the best I can make of this is that, that you know, like, I don't, that's a, that's going to be a one that Morrison takes with him, I think. I wonder, I wonder if it could be as, as simple as Morrison talk, just talking about, because WASP used to be an acronym for what white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, maybe something like that, okay. but it referred to like rich white people, basically. Okay. I don't know if that's just like a his little commentary on people like the Canes and their money and mansions and the Waynes and all that. And and like, yeah, hmm. But they're that they're we, just all over the place and buzzing around like dumb little bugs and contributing contributing nothing to anybody <laughs> right yeah feel our contempt for the one percent um but we do know that like doctor he crossed dr hurt and he's sort of being punished and that's what's happening we learned that several pages from now yeah um so so maybe i wonder if it's part of the punishment or something uh you know it, yeah it's it's the curse but yeah the, the point of him being in the iron lung is a really interesting one one other thing i want to point out about that scene is that they're having hanging out you know, in Kane, not the last thing I want to point about this scene, but they're hanging out under these tents and in several of the, like their tent, like, I don't know, umbrellas over, you know, yeah. seating areas, yeah. but or bistro tables. Yeah. Several of the times that you see Bruce, they're like slatted curtains on the, the, the tent and it makes bat horns above his head. So like even this first one where she's saying where she says like don't mind Roddy that's his way of saying hello and Bruce is taking off his hat on that first page of seeing them like on the bottom left of that page it's the back of him but like the two little bat horns above it from the table I don't, um, I don't see it oh wait 
Oh yeah, I just saw it. Wow, yeah, I didn't even like, notice that. And yeah. then it happens a couple other times while they're there, um, which oh, is again. Cool. I'm not saying you're the greatest artist in the world, but you do offer some, you do some cool things. Yeah, it happens on the next page as, as well. And uh, yeah. it's just a, a cool little artistic motif to throw in there. Yeah, there's things. And I had to go back because after I read this issue this morning, then I read Cody Walker's write-up of the issue. And I hadn't noticed that in Grandma Kane's teacup after she drinks her tea, there's a W and some bat symbols formed by the tea leaves. <laughs> And you know what is insane is that like Doc Walk, who is this guy who consistently says things and he's like, well, clearly it's this. And he like talks down like, oh, this is the answer. But like on his reading there, he's like, well, yeah. And there's a W there maybe for Wayne also possibly related to the strange Wonder Woman sigil that's been following around. I was like, yeah. Or also like we've seen Dr. Hurt like flagellating a W into his back. Like maybe it's a, a reference to Dr. Hurt and like the two different Batmans. Been there. Anyway, it, <laughs> Dr. Walker sometimes makes positive ass, uh, assertions about how what things are and then I'm just like oh there's also this interpretation that's pretty good yeah yeah though I you know for my money it's a W for Wayne Wonder Woman come on that, yeah that, it wouldn't make any sense issue. <laughs> yeah. um, but what else is pulled out of this conversation so we know from this conversation that Martha's mom is has had a falling out with Martha and is convinced that Thomas Wayne had her killed and she's convinced that he put the pearls on her neck as a way of signaling to have her murdered. And I was, I thought that was a, a, an intense sort of thing. Like, as I was thinking, I was like, well, why hasn't Bruce ever really hung out with his grandma as far as I know? And here she, you know, like, I guess it makes sense because she's had this big falling out with Martha and didn't like Thomas, but it's pretty insane that she was so sure that Thomas is a bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she was definitely in the Dr. Hurt theory camp um and hurt is and hurt as what was it was he call himself T simon hurt yeah, Doc, yeah, yeah simon hurt yeah yeah okay so yeah when we don't know if like he's convinced her of that theory or she arrived on that on her own because she doesn't like thomas but she hasn't really and, even mentioned dr hurt right and we assume that she knew the actual thomas wayne or did she know hurt posing as thomas <laughs> and right and i do think that there is an argument to be made for the idea that thomas or sorry uh hurt posing as thomas happened like she even refers to i mean she thinks he's a drug addict she's dr thomas by day bad tommy by night um and the stolen drugs the rape charges the secret room where they treated him for months while grandson was sent away to boarding school like what what was he treated from a, and that's a reference to morrison's gothic storyline where it, it, it's shown that Bruce as a child was sent away to boarding school and he was marked by this murderer, Mr. Whisper. And on that same day, his parents felt bad and ended up taking him back from the school and to make him feel better, they go to a movie, oh. cue the, the murder. But um, I don't really know what the explanation for uh, what he was doing in that being treated for months. I don't know if that's like a drug rehab. That, that's one thing that you know confuses me I'm interested in with this is why is her mom so convinced that he was a bad guy? Because it seems like that assumption is built on some amount of time. And I don't know that Dr. Hurt would have been able to convince her of that. She may have just had a falling out and not wanted her daughter to get married to a rich dude. Yeah, possibly, though, since her and her husband are rich people, I don't know why. Yeah, that's true. You would think she would be the, feel the other direction, but that she wants her daughter to marry money. Right. Um, and this has nothing to do with this story or this scene, but I also felt like... 
this was all of this was a way because yeah like you mentioned earlier the time doesn't doesn't fit in because and this is all pre-new 52 but for batman to be the age he is and dick Grayson to be the age he is and all that batman had to bruce wayne had to become batman in the 70s at some point and the and sure originally golden age batman was in 1939 and mm -hmm. through the 40s but then they later on invented earth 2 to explain how come batman isn't like you know 90 um and i felt like this was also a cute little way of morrison saying oh yeah all the earth 2 batman stuff and all that where he was batman during world war ii yeah that all fits in that all fits too that all happened too right <laughs> just don't pick it apart too much yeah and i'm i'm always totally down with that you know just you take comics for what they're worth yeah. they leave here asking you know that mom ultimately to get the key to wayne manor which is bizarre that i guess i guess not that bizarre but she's got a key to wayne manor and they give it to marcia and bruce and they head that way so they can go check out the grounds of the cemetery what do we learn at the cemetery um, I, you know like the the you know dead row out here you know Sorry, I'm, I'm not quite to the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, la yeah. the last line Grandma Kane says is, these awful wasps, they, they don't care, do they? And I didn't understand what could that possibly mean. And I just realized, well, it's just my idea about wasps standing, you know, the old meaning of white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, whatever. That, may, that could explain that statement. That's the tiny little thing. <laughs> yeah and it's also that like they you know she's ta tagging that line on with he doesn't seem to realize our darling daughter is dead these awful wa yeah. awful wasps they don't care like they don't have sympathy for him but what's also interesting is that he clearly does realize that she's dead like he's yelling hurt in the top of that panel of that page and then he is yelling oh, yeah. martha he's just trapped in this weird hell where he can't communicate but he knows more than anyone knows he knows yeah, you're right. I hadn't realized he was saying hurt. I, I realized he was saying Martha at one point. And there's one panel where I have no idea what he's saying, but he says like four things. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know what that all is. <laughs> it, and as they're going into Wayne Manor, he's, you know, Bruce says, Wayne Manor, they had a son, right? And she says, yeah, he witnessed the whole thing. And after that scene with the grandparents and even the seating, this whole run of just like, is Thomas Wayne bad? Like, is he a rapist? Is he a drug addict? Did he actually not get killed and did he frame somebody and all this shit and then i remember that like you know marcia says here yeah they had a son he witnessed the whole thing i'm like oh wait the only person who actually knows what happened there is bruce and he's batman so i think we can trust that you know thomas i i i remember that like i don't like in stories when they portray thomas and martha as bad parents or not people that are in love and all that shit I forgot that the thing that like the way that that happens most often is through this book, but they don't, it, it's portrayed as a possibility and a fearful possibility. It's not portrayed as a possible thing that really happened. It's just like, yeah. this is a, a framing lie. Uh, so yeah, it is just like, it makes you feel icky to think, I guess you want your protagonist parents to be people who got along. Yeah, definitely. Especially cause you know, Bruce's only memory of them as being as loving, a loving couple and loving parents and, since that's that's our only memory of them too we don't right. want that messed with <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a good way of putting it but he's even saying like well you know you knew these wanes do you think that they're like actually devil worshipers do you think he killed and faked his own death and and then marcia says well if he did he'll be there tonight he'll drop dead when he sees you so she's saying like she's ultimately still trying to convince him that we're headed to this satanist group that's responsible for the death of my friend and i'm gonna you know crack him down and maybe 
Thomas Wayne will even be there. Yeah, all of which should have raised Bruce's suspicions because, well, how does Marsha know all That's this? How does she point. know all these details about right. this meeting and stuff? <laughs> They go to the family plot, and she said, I thought we'd start with a history lesson, and she references the the caves below hand, the buried treasure, Jeremy Coe, the frontiersman, the black pirate, the Hellerite <laughs> sect. Chris Murphy, I love you. I can't go through all of those right now. I don't have time, but just a second. I've got like, <laughs> there's, I found a breakdown of all of the issues that those are referencing. Um, so Chris, I, I know, I know they're there. And I don't, I don't have them all in my head, but those are all beautiful references to different things. Yeah. I mean, most of them are from the previous issues of uh, Return, Return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's true. So, except um, I didn't know what Jeremy Coe, the frontiersman, was that? Oh, well, that must have been the... Um, He's from Detective one. Comics number 205 and apparently used to dress up as a Native American and spy on their plans to protect Gotham Town. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was assuming he was from the... Uh, vandal savage old west issue of return of bruce wayne nope apparently bruce and dick had a time travel uh adventure where they helped him out in the 50s man you know we should be superheroes because superheroes get to do time travel adventures all the time i know it'd be so sweet to not be in 2020 (laughs) yeah we could just go back like this time last year and oh oh what a blessed time that was um there's the black pirate the bat people the hellerites it mentions where they were a sect led by josiah heller in the 1820s that were like an amish mormon mashup and he later cursed gotham with some curse that never actually came and that was in brave and the bold number 89 chris i'm doing my best i want to keep up with you i'm quoting somebody else when i just gave those references though so i don't actually those ref- those that information doesn't live within me and i would never pretend that it does uh, i'm a coward um and then they find that you know the 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 you know the funeral box the you know casket uh, you know the where casket. the caskets live you know oh, where the, the stone the, the 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 stone tomb the tomb the tomb the... that says deep into that darkness rearing the, the sepulchre, however you Peering. say that word. Sepulchre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that, that yeah. Yeah, well, that, I, great, that great Poe quote on there. Yeah. So it's, weird. it's weird for a, um, the, the way the quote is shown, it's like, it's very haphazard. It's way more haphazard than somebody like professionally carving a headstone or a tomb would do it's, it. <laughs> it's because it's just that secret uh, this is where the Satanists are going to meet. So it's like a secret. This is just, they carve this coding in like graffiti. So they'll know it maybe <laughs> tying into graffiti as a sub, like a post hypnotic trigger, like Batman and stuff, graffiti as a clue. But she says as they're, you know, like, yeah, this is where it's going to happen tonight. But first we have one last stop to make the Willowwood military psychiatric hospital, oh. which has been referenced as where Thomas Wayne jr. Lived. So now we go there and some interesting stuff happens here. We see Dr. Hurt talking to, Dr. Carter from Batman 700. I believe Chris Murphy in an email did mention that that character comes back up in this run. Chris, I picture you to be a very powerful and intelligent man. And I just want you to take your umbrella of wisdom and hold it over all of us. Uh, And we will just be the ambassadors of enthusiasm, the light that leads the way uh, from the umbrella. But this is such an interesting way of Morrison mashing up several different past things, right? We have Thomas yeah. Wayne Jr. being there, but in here we make this Thomas Wayne imposter be a doctor who's working on these kind of shady experiments and then trying to get Dr. Carter to basically join the black glove. He's trying to make him do a gamble with him. He talks about how he, you know, Roderick Kane crossed them and they 
uh, did some bad shit to him. Yeah, and I like the fact that Carter is wearing um, a have a nice day, like like big emoji face um, shirts, indicating you know just indicating that oh he's from the future, but that but unless you've read that story, you wouldn't even get that clue. It's just you'd just be wondering why is he wearing a shirt that's you know doesn't match that time period those shirts didn't exist then holy shit i didn't think about that okay so in batman 700 we know that he created a time travel box and then disappeared through time i just assumed that this was when he was a young and he was aging up and you know this guy was going to grow into the guy that would then befriend batman and stuff but you're right he became dislodged in time and now he has this shirt that doesn't make sense roman you old badger loaf you way to go roman Check this take out. Check out this hot take. Batman is sitting on a bench and there's a guy with like one leg and a chair and he says, Batman, beware the hole in things. And then he says, excuse me. And then Carter Nichols says like, oh, you must have misheard. He can't speak because of the war. What do you make of that? I, well, right away I was wondering, well, which war? World War One or two? Because <laughs> uh-huh. if this is the late 30s early 40s world war ii hasn't happened yet and oh and, and even i had this guy is too old to have been a world war ii veteran he must be world war one what if it's the war of the new gods and that is metron after he has fallen oh like it happens in final crisis because metron is you know stuck in a different person's body after final crisis the new gods have fallen to earth have come to earth which is oh. how he could have spoken without having spoken at all yeah. And he's in a chair. Wow. Wow. Holy blue blazes. That's a, you, that's you amazing. You like that take? That's a hot I, I take, love right? That. I love that hot take. That's the hottest take. That's a very sexual take. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. I didn't come up with that. I found somebody else who thought that and, and I totally, and then I found other people who thought that. So that is a sort of outside the world, uh, agreed upon idea that that's probably Metron. Wow. That's, I love it. Well, yeah. And just like so much of this and even this issue, like really solidifies this, the the similarity or even coexistence of like dr hurt and barbados and dark side or particularly like barbados being dark side you know um yeah like with the crime syndicate and the new crime bible and dr hurt you know from 52 and all this shit tying in with uh dr hurt and barbados and dark side it's all kind of one thing i like that you know these new gods are playing this sort of metaphorical role in this as well yeah <laughs> we have a conversation what are you giggling about you old skunk tail I, no I, I just at the bottom of that page um i just like the panel where bruce is saying oh she asked him what is what is that you're reading a story close to my heart, you could say. The plot's got a few holes, but I think it's starting to make sense. And he's looking at the book with the bullet hole through it, the hole in all things. And the story's finally starting to make sense as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting inter- interplay between Marcia and Bruce. He, someone puts the mask on him. He ends up with the mask, but she kisses him. She says, my dark night, there's more later. I think she puts the mask on him. Does she? Yeah. yeah, makes sense. But then she says, when I marry Johnny Mayhew, you can be my chauffeur. And it's like, why are you kissing this guy when you're talking about marrying another guy? I guess, I don't know. Maybe the, the noir time. Maybe the noir time. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of a typical, like, femme fatale that's, that's she's leading, you, leading on the sucker. But even while she's talking about marrying some other guy for his money, and she's just totally, like, out up front out there with, like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this all for me. 
and you're going to fall along because I'm hot and I know you think I'm hot. <laughs> yeah. Roman, that's your vibe all the time. Um, but this is where the pasta sauce really starts uh, reducing, starts getting ready to turn, put on the noodles here, which is we see Marsha now putting on a dark wig, putting on some pearls necklaces, dressing up essentially like Martha Wayne. And she has gotten Tom, she's gotten Bruce to dress like Thomas Wayne. And we end up, as everyone who's listening to this podcast knows, I don't need to explain it to you, we end up in the scene of this fictional movie, The Black Glove, but it's also, they have created the pictures of what was used as the smear campaign to convince people that Thomas and Martha were Satanists and drug addicts, and here we have Martha. So we get some clarity about that stuff in RIP that was, you know, where did this evidence come from? Well, now we're seeing it. It was all staged, and it's a fake thing, but it's Dr. Hurt. It's all these characters from year one. It's, um... It's sorry, I gotta say their names. Commissioner Loeb and Mayor Jessup are both there, which are like year one older characters. So they're just sort of building in the the corrupt nature of the Gotham political hierarchy with this Black Love organization, which I think is absolutely brilliant. But we get, I mean, it's a it's a pretty crazy scene, you know, like she beats him over the head with a golf club as the eclipse is happening, and then they tie him up because she was she had drugged him with the lipstick stuff, but. I think that this stuff all tied up in a bow really nicely. It, it, it did. And, and I love how, you know, I'd read this before. I didn't realize that until like Bruce wakes up <clears throat> tied, you know, tied to the altar. I was like, Oh my gosh. And that's, and that's right. When you look back here, these guys all have the red right hand on their, yep. the shoulders of their robes. I was like, Oh, that's what's happening. Woo. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. And he then like, Dr. Carter Nichols bails out and he's like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. This is fucked. I'm out. And he <laughs> gives the time machine thing to Bruce and he then is, you know, transported forward in time like we have seen. Yeah. Though though before Carter does that, I love it that they pour gasoline on Bruce and the femme fatale, of course, she's smoking a cigarette and she just tosses it on Bruce and he he catches on fire. And then we see the eclipse start happening. <laughs> It's so cool. And then Carter decides, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to participate. I won't do this. Yeah. He seemed on the fence earlier as well. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I, and I love, and the thing he's holding, the, the how's Bruce referred to it? The box. Yeah. Ancestor box, mother box, time travel box, a lot of boxes in this thing. Yeah. Even the little cat, the little miniature casket box. Yep. Yep. And this ends with uh, the crazy intruder alert classification unknown. It's the Batman tied with the archivist from the you know far future. Hey, on that shot right before the final last page, there's that shot of the James Robinson Justice League carrying the bat costume tied to the antlers. Who's that person on the right that's like blue with orange hair? That's, uh, that's the alien star man. Oh, okay. Because DC's had like six or seven star man characters i think the alien star man was like the ooh, i want to say the fourth star man maybe okay okay <laughs> but yeah he was around in the 70s and then disappeared until the james robinson run and where he came or no until i think the james robinson Starman series and then this issue of james robinson jla yeah yeah 
so gosh okay so now we finished going through that all like do you have anything left to unpack about it i mean there's so many like ideas in there what didn't we cover what was so elegant there like there's there's so much in there via suggestion and implication and filling in holes while also being just a really consummate sort of one-dimensional mystery right like here's this obvious noir thing but because of the story that we've been having it just like i guess the the, the answer or the question the, the biggest bit of information was that you know, tying Thomas Wayne into another Satanist ritual like had happened because he has age, he's getting older. It seems like he needs to do something to summon Barbados again to, you know, continue his everlasting life. Um, but then that he had orchestrated this framing of his parents, right? Like those, that's the big thing. What is, like, there's so much in here that now, now that I've read it two times in this very day, I'm sort of like, all right, what is new information? What am I taking for granted? Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's that's a good question because there is so much. I even now I'm looking back, going, "Oh, well, actually, yeah." I think you had mentioned this. The eclipse starts happening quite a few pages before I mentioned it, before I noticed it. Um, and it looks like it doesn't even progress. Like, there's lots of pages of the eclipse looking at the same status that it's at. Yeah, yeah, maybe hinting that. Well, no, no, that's not what it's hinting. Um, oh, there's so much. Is is the portrait that Marsha Lamar? that she passes um the revolutionary like, war one yeah is that one of the wayne's because she's in wayne manor at this point right? it is one of the wayne's and that image is, is in other images right and, and what i love is also just like the overt similarity of like dr hurt is the hole in things he is the older thomas wayne and that portrait is the portrait that's not there it's the old, it's the hole in things it's the whole portrait it's the thing that's not there like there's just so many instances of him you know being the whole in things. But I feel like this one, I guess what I feel like was so revelatory about this was really explaining who Dr. Hurt was. Like he yeah. is Thomas Wayne. He then got this job at Willow, the Willow, Willow Brook, Willow Wood. I keep confusing those two words. Um, penitentiary, penitentiary. And then while being Thomas Wayne, it kind of mashes that continuity together of saying like, well, Thomas Wayne Jr. was there, but this Thomas Wayne has been there pretending to be, you know, Thomas Wayne, Thomas Wayne, you know, sorry, bad Thomas Wayne. Has been, I keep referring to Dr. Hurt as Thomas Wayne. What was his, was he a Thomas Wayne? Is What was that original Wayne, the Dr. Hurt? I'll have to just... What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, sorry, his name. Was he, was he named Thomas Wayne? And then there has been a second... Um, yes, I just found it. The gap is the only acknowledgement of the existence of Thomas Wayne. And then his dad's name is Thomas Wayne. Bruce's dad. Bruce is okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, sorry. I was just that. That was my tangent of trying to describe. So there's two Thomas Wayne. So it's hard to describe. They both have the same name, and one is pretending to be the other. Also, so yeah, it's, it gets, well, because well, Simon. I mean, isn't? I mean, Simon Hurt. We assume is his actual name, right? He's just pretending to be a Thomas Wayne. Well, I think he's originally Thomas Wayne. Like in Batman and Robin number ten on this original page. Uh, oh, that's right. Because he's the right incredibly, incredibly long lived right and he keeps doing these deals with Wayne. barbados yeah to extend his life and i yeah see and i keep on forgetting that simon hurt and the and the thomas wayne that hung out with thomas jefferson and made the the satanic pact is the same person right <laughs> and it's easy to do because there's also a simon wayne and there's a simon hurt yeah. and a thomas <laughs> wayne and then another thomas wayne and in a different world a thomas wayne jr so yeah, yeah it's and then, and then when Simon Baz comes in. Yeah, yeah the Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> what I would love is, 
like a visual i want morrison to draw out the the wayne family lineage <laughs> right i know he's got it i know somebody could do it if you're a listener out yeah. there and you've got that give it to me i want it yeah i'm surprised that's not like an extra here in the back of the omnibus yeah and i went through all the extras actually today since i actually had some time so i just i reread this issue which maybe isn't great because now i'm sort of like wait i've got all this so securely in my brain I, i'm taking it for granted but the extras in this omnibus are fantastic. Um, yeah, it's an amazing issue. It is. Um, I also, I just like the fact that Morrison picked the name Lamar for, for this femme fatale because Hedy Lamar was one of the great actresses back then. And, okay. fasc- and she was a fascinating person because besides being an actress and being controversial, like for one of her first films in Germany or Hungary, where she's from, was very controversial because she was like a teenager and she appeared like full frontally nude, like in the twenties in this film. But the most fascinating thing about her is she was also like a genius. And she, during the war, she designed um, some Wi-Fi, some not Wi-Fi, but some frequency frequency hopping technology with this other scientist um, that they used they didn't real patent it until the fit like the late fifties, but they used it and it developed and it eventually people nowadays say, Oh, well, the stuff Hedy Lamar created back in the forties without that, we wouldn't have Wi-Fi today. <laughs> and that's also interesting that just to, to tie that person and that name reference in with um, Dr. Carter, who was kind of developing those same technologies yeah, is pretty, it's just a nice little reference to the, the actual existence of it. Um, I want to read an email from Andrew that he sent about uh, our episode from Friday, which is Batman and Robin number 14. Andrew, the friend of the show, Andrew? I don't know if you know our friend of the show, Andrew. But uh, Andrew says, hey, oh, this last arc is amazing. I didn't really love Irving's art and Return of Bruce Wayne, but here in Batman and Robin, it's just absolutely perfect. I love that he sent this email because in the last episode, I was like, please tell us your thoughts if you don't like it. Why? But... Um, this is more of uh, in line with J.H. Williams' hyper-realistic art that I don't usually see. I think any artist that does their own colors is always able to more effectively tell their own story, a la David Rubin, Fraser Irving, Mitch Garrods, etc. Now to the plot. Every single interaction in this issue was on point. The subtle physical interactions like Joker's fingernails, the emotional ones like the negative space around Dick when he realizes what Joker is up to. And I'm realizing the unfortunate fact that he is going to have to work alongside the Joker. I love that. Um, seeing pig and hurt together is quite the horrific combo that lipstick scene oof chills (laughs) then hurt gets the double panel spread showing the front and back of him something fine i find incredibly interesting yeah that was the one that we talked a little bit about in that episode um in the final crisis sketchbook morrison notes that when on earth dark side casts no shadow for he is the shadow and that anything he touches or tries to consume rots on contact there are the kind these are the kinds of vibes i'm getting from hurt for sure he is poisoning the wayne line every second of his existence whether he is or not is or is not actual wayne rotting batman's sanity away that reminds me a, a big thing in this issue is that they they make the reference to their distru- the reason that dr hurt in this instance is trying to destroy Martha and Thomas's Wayne Wayne's like identity is because it says like Barbados feeds on like a person's reputation soul is tied to their reputation. And if you destroy their soul, you know, you their reputation, you destroy their soul and Barbados and dark side both need to feed on souls. Like in final crisis, the way that dark side 
could only come to earth was by destroying Turpin's morality. And then he took Turpin's body after he became a bad guy, which is in the same and RIP or Dr. Hertz says, you know, what we're about to do is nothing short than the ruination of a, like a decent human being. So it's this idea that these new gods, Barbados, dark side, they rely on the ruination of a human soul and the identity and, you know, uh, personality is tied to the soul. The reputation is tied to the soul. So I like, I really like the way that those are tied together. And that's another big thing that this issue did for me was like, Oh, it's, you're tying all these things together of like, of, of, a, of a causality, right? They're doing these for these reasons. Um, and then I, I interjected that into the middle of Andrew's email, which is this run is so well done. I don't know how Grant can top this volume, but we will see. And as always, keep up the fantastic work. P.S. The final shot of Joker laughing at the camera is one of my favorite pages I've ever seen in comics. Wait till you see the B cover to issue 15. It's, it's in this omnibus, but uh, the Frasier Irving, Batman and Robin uh, variant with like the Joker's head cracking and all the different Joker Batman coming out is amazing. But Yeah, that is so awesome um it's 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 like an early i think cooler version of the batman who laughs <laughs> i oh yeah yeah you and i are on the same page about that um <laughs> batman who laughs um well all right buddy is there anything else we've got for this thing i mean you what? and i both need to go to bed i feel like it's we're not used to doing this at night i know it's weird time is all akimbo um oh what do you make of that last page of this issue because apparently bruce pops out and dressed as kind of batman um in the jla satellite i guess i think that and i haven't read i haven't read the next issues yet but what i think is the eclipse happens or whatever i mean i guess bruce takes the time machine from carter and he goes forward in time and that's when he goes to like the vanishing point time zero that we saw in issue two of this series when he sees superman and stuff yeah and then he combines I think that he drops off his like Omega effect there and shit busts up. And right before I think the world ends there, he uses rips time sphere to come back in time. And this is that scene. So I feel like this issue leads up to, you know, like the first 95% of it is before that, scene from issue two and then he goes forward in time that thing happens and then he goes back in time and that's when we see him on the final page here does that make sense that that does make sense yeah because there is one more issue of return of bruce wayne exactly that, but he that, comes yeah. out of uh rip's time sphere there yeah yeah which definitely he when he left um this chamber uh below the matching grounds below the graveyard he Definitely wasn't dressed like that. or, or No, and he starts to look like that in Return of Bruce Wayne 2. But I think all of those answers will come, yeah. come full circle on Friday's episode. I will mention I love this earlier panel, which is just before, just as Bruce starts to uh, fade out of that time period. And he's still on fire, and there's these awesome pinkish concentric circles they're focused right down at their center point on his fist and uh there's a bat spirit barbatos batman spirit himself that's starting to merge with him and and he writes um i could never expect could never have expected what was hap what ah, what i could never have expected was what happened next and what i became there at the end 
it's just a beautiful shot beautiful it is and the horror of him when he's on fire is so so beautiful yeah and i i interpreted that yeah the bat is barbatus is the hyper adapter like it's finally catching up to him you know like he's about to take his final jump but oh yeah oh yeah that's that totally i like that too because it because in this storyline of this issue yeah the hyper adapter it makes sense that it would become the form of a bat yeah yeah so good everybody thanks for listening thanks for being a part of batman in quarantine episode 49 we're at 49 i know that episode 47 got deleted when 48 went up i'll fix that probably by the time this episode's up so this will just be a weird uh, retroactive apology for that so i apologize but um we we are almost at the end of this huge chapter of the, the podcast and that is a, a huge huge milestone but if you want to be a part of it there's still a whole third of this story to go so you can write into us at batman in quarantine at gmail.com you can record a voicemail on your phone as a voice memo and email it to us or you can call me i almost just gave up my cell phone number because it's night i'm not going to do that um but email us at batman in quarantine batman i in quarantine at gmail.com roman i adore you and i have heard confirmation from Justin that he's going to be on the next episode. He said he'll make it work. So that is oh, cool. Sweet. It'll be the three of us, but God damn it, Roman, these conversations we've gotten to have make me feel like starting at the comic shop again and me and you <laughs> hanging out in a tiny room up above an art studio with no one coming in all day. <laughs> it's just like the good old days. It's so, it's so, it's so sweet. So sweet. Hey, everybody, uh, go buy some comics from your local comic shop. They need your help. And if you don't have a local comic shop, you can order something from thecomicsplace.shop.thecomicsplace.com because we'll send it to you. Um, All right, everyone. Yeah, just a little taste. All right. Hey, Roman, I love you. I'll see you very soon. Yes, you will. Love you too. And uh, we'll see you guys all on Batman in Quarantine episode number 50. On behalf of Roman, I am Jeff. Thank you for listening, and you're all incredible. Thanks for bearing with us. Bye.